This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. It's out Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Can Hi, we, boy. Can we touch him? No, no don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, uh, Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave, back here in the Warthog Man Cave, and uh, the Melon Law Studio in the undisclosed rainy location in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. Yeah, we're getting a lot of rain here today. We've got some weird weather for our time of the year, but maybe not. You know, winter solstice is solstice is either today or tomorrow. I can't remember which. And the sun will be, of course, it doesn't travel. But from our perspective, we think it does. There's so much wisdom in that, uh, if you will, uh, how, how people see everything from uh, the con. And Spoon River Anthology talked about this. Everybody sitting in a tub and looks out from his own tub and thinks the world works the way he sees it from over the edge of his tub. And of course, it doesn't work that way. But um, that's what's uh, going on right now is uh, we're changing the doggone weather. And it's called climate change, and we have no control over it. You know, here at uh, the Windy Hill Farm, we can see the sun travel north uh, and south along the San Francisco tree line. And uh, it just... We tell the month, we tell the time, we tell the day practically by it. We don't need watches. and um, But we know it's not really the sun moving. Sun's a fascinating uh, object if you really think about it. I got interested in it the other day. We take so much for granted that it's just not going to burn out or explode. It's just done this forever and it will continue to do it. Um, what got me interested in it is apparently NASA has sent some sort of probe into it. I don't know how the thing could survive. And um, exploring the sun. I, you know, so we just take that for granted as if it's always going to burn brightly and supply us with the steadiest source of energy um, that we've always assumed would be forever there. I, I don't think there's any guarantees for that either, although in our very limited time frame for mortality, um, what's 75 years maybe um, on average, uh, the sun is obviously uh, around for that mortality range for people. But um, anyway, right now it's uh, it's uh, not shining all that brightly here, but it's still out there. And, you know, we got to cover a story today that's kind of interesting uh, because I met a man yesterday. I, I didn't think they existed. He's a farmer. He's a rancher. And he had never heard of the slogan, let's go branded. And it just, um, it just amazes me that, uh, you know, there are people that way, I mean, he's connected. I know he's got uh, internet and all that other business, but um, he 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 never uh, um, um, heard of Let's Go Branded. And so I said, well, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of drama associated with this, and uh, you 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 have to take a look at uh, what this thing represents and uh, how it's. Uh, um, Hold on, let me tune down one of my computers here, talking to myself. Um, so we have um, um, 
found somebody really in the hinterland, I suppose you'd say here, who has never heard of uh, Let's Go Brandon. But um, so I'm going to cover it a little bit with you here today. It's it's um, it's uh, kind of interesting that uh, you uh, um, found people who don't know it. And yet it's really an explosive term right now uh, on, on the uh, political landscape and even here in our local kind of area. So um, maybe production can take us back to the origin of Let's Go Brandon, which is uh, uh, <laughs> pretty interesting. So let's play that production. I remember when it happened, I think I was maybe watching or I saw a replay of it right quickly thereafter. Infinity series starts his first career win. Didn't look too rusty on those burnouts, Brandon. Must be practicing somewhere. Yeah, I mean, y'all could ask like my neighbors back at Coastal Carolina that uh, I did plenty of burnouts uh, to practice for this moment. <laughs> um, oh my God, this is a dream come true. Wow, Talladega winner in the next. Oh my God, Dad, we did it, let's go! You told me before this race that if you were to win, it would be incredible. How does the reality of this moment live up to the dream? Oh my God, this is just everything we've hoped and dreamed for. This is uh, everything I've ever wanted to do is take the trophy home to mom and dad. And oh my God, thank you so much, Larry's Lemonade. Thank you so much, Trade the Chain. Thank you so much, Jabs Construction. Thank you, Mid-Atlantic. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was, uh, Learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one and everything shifted top to bottom so much that it was kind of like, okay, let's just stay patient where we're at and hope for the best. And we uh, we saw our moment and we, we seized it. So, God, I'm just so proud of Brandonville Motorsports. I'm so proud of everybody on our team here at home, everybody that's worked on our team since the beginning. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yes, you did. We did it. Brandon Brown, a winner now in the Xfinity Series. Junior. All right, well, there we are. We've got the young man there who has just won his NASCAR race. He's so excited, and, and he is um, um, being interviewed by, I think it's an ABC reporter. Um, and uh, this, she's all excited for him, and she's uh, eliciting it from him, the proper responses for a young fellow who has just won a big prize. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, in the background, it, it seems just to have spontaneously originated probably somebody started it there in the stands and you can hear it very clearly is the F-bomb Joe Biden. Now, I suppose the F-bomb Joe Biden never would have caught, um, taken off and gotten legs and all that stuff if the reporter uh, hadn't said, as you see right there in the, in the, in, in the, in the piece, uh, oh, they're hollering, let's go Brandon. Well, there's all sorts of things you can talk about just off of that. Is this not an example of the press uh, politically covering up that which uh, is unpopular? Uh, we know that these platforms have been doing this. We know that the government's been doing this. We know about the January 6th thing. We know about, um, and we're going to get into Hillary a little bit, some interesting things developing with Hillary. 
But uh, so all of a sudden we see this reporter and I don't know if anybody's ever asked her if she actually heard. I suspect she did. How, she, how could she not uh, hear the actual language being uh, hollered, screamed or chanted by the folks in the stands with the F-bomb Joe Biden? So here we have the F-bomb Joe Biden and she changed it to let's go Brandon. And I, 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 pretty quick on her part. It's uh, if she heard it and then translated her own self, as we say in Georgia, if she translated her own self uh, and we heard her do it and saw her do it, she's pretty quick. And she probably got uh, good applause from her corporate uh, ownership of whom, for whom she works. And uh, poor old Brandon probably never knew the difference because he's so excited about mom and dad and all the things that he's able to tell them now having won this uh, Talladega thing in NASCAR, which is a big deal. So um, that, however, becomes a code. And we've been talking about codes in communication, uh, how the left has got language that means something to them. It means entirely the opposite to, to the right, if you want to use those divisions and those labels. Um, but people hear things differently, apply different meanings, to uh, things that are going on. You know, uh, this whole idea of history, I used to ask my students uh, to each of them without communicating with the other, I'll write the history of this community they were living in for the last week. And uh, let's say there were 15, 20 kids in the class, you'd get 15 or 20 different versions of history. Now, if there had been a big event a big central kind of polarizing event, that event might appear in quite a number of the histories independently of each other. Uh, this Let's Go Brandon is a pretty significant event. However, my friend who lives in the countryside would not have included Let's Go Brandon in his version of history let alone in this community in the la in the world in the United States in, in in his entire narrative because it never occurred to him and yet what does that say about history well history is an interpretation people interpret it and they have special interests when they interpret it it's very difficult uh, I go I've got all of my grandmother's diaries for example um, way back before I was born and it's very interesting to read them. Uh, and to see how she is seeing the world from her point of view, having been blown, uh, born in the late 1890s or somewhere in the late uh, 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 part of the 1800s. Um, that, that's, that's very different from maybe the lady down the road from her saw things. So uh, it certainly is a very, very subjective uh, narrative for somebody to write history. So... I launched off today uh, with the assumption that none of you in our, our uh, listener viewer land has ever heard or seen the original Let's Go Brandon moment. So having done that, we'll proceed to the present. Now, um, that Let's Go Brandon uh, has become uh, uh, a meme that's on T-shirts, on hats, it's uh, uh, the bumper stickers, it's a code. Or, of course, F-bomb Joe Biden. And there's another video. It's so prevalent and so omnipresent 
that I'll have production maybe now run the other one for us. Pelosi, poor hapless palsy Pelosi, is trying to sugarcoat the world and twist it into conforming to her way of looking at things. And we just got through talking about how that's always a subjective process based upon your particular individual interests. And she's trying to make some hapless speech about, you know, this thing that's just happened with uh, the Build Back Better and all that sloganese. And there's some fool hollering, golly, let's go Brandon. And she knows what let's go Brandon. Can we run that? Uh, yeah, we're going to run that out. Production says we're going to show you that one. If you remember the state legislature, this is, this is if, so in any case, Mark, this, Mark Disonnet, Mark Disonnet. Of the state legislature. This is this is if so. In any case, Mark this Mark Disonnet. Mark Disonnet. Member of the state legislature. This is this is if so. In any case, Mark this Mark Disonnet. Mark Disonnet. Member of the state legislature. Well, <laughs> there you are, and. uh and there she is, or there she's got all the flags and all the important people around her. And uh, she's trying to get a word in edgewise there. And there's a heckler. Uh, you know, hecklers are always around. Thank goodness we have hecklers. And, uh, but she, <laughs> she is, uh, I guess, angry, you know, at hecklers. She got angry at somebody who heckled her about uh, going out to San Francisco on the government checkbook to get her har done. And, uh, you know, that was a big deal. And I don't know if we recall that, but she's really temperamental. Uh, and they all are. They're, they're no, uh, none of them is uh, what I call a, a healthy woman with a good sense of humor. And, um, you know, from that, from the communist uh, Muslims, Omar and Talib, to all the way to the crazy children like uh, Cortez. And, um, you know, it's not one of, many of them that you'd want to. Um, uh, you have to sleep with one eye open around them. Let's put it that way, in my humble opinion. So fast forward now, we've got this uh, thing pretty omnipresent. Um, it's everywhere that people are um, Joe Biden haters. And we know that um, Joe Biden's numbers are in the tank. Uh, they're way the heck down there. Um, and of course, he acts as if it's all normal. Everybody's numbers are in the tank. But he has even gone to the depths of Jimmy Carter land now. Um, Jimmy Carter was, arguably, in my lifetime anyway, the worst, worst president in the history of America. And um, I start with Roosevelt, although I remember nothing about Roosevelt. I do remember Truman. Um, and he was, and by no means, Carter was, um, the peanut patch boy was, uh, you know, the worst president we've had. He didn't understand the America character. He didn't understand. Um, he brought his own private kind of interpretation of uh, spirituality to the Oval Office and um, was hamstrung by it. And, and um, you know, he, did, he just uh, never became a very effective, quote unquote, leader. Um, and he's still he's still ticking, by the way. But um, uh, Biden's below that. And everybody know, who knows Biden or has watched Biden knows that he's just a fool and always has been. Um, when uh, the great Rush Limbaugh was alive, he used to call him plugs. 
and it had no respect for him. And yet, you know, very in a very canny and sophisticated way, the left built a way for him to become the base basement president. And then on top of that, picked this absolutely incompetent, uh, crazy acting. And we'll probably run some videos of her sometime because she has an explosive temper. Um, and a temper is never a bad, good, a, a, a good thing. And a bad temper is never a good thing for a politician. And she's got one. And she explodes if somebody asks her touchy questions and tells them shut shut it down and all this. You imagine. So 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 you you, you want to you know I think the most pleasant guy I remember uh, to a folksy level even in my lifetime was Reagan. <clears throat> Reagan was just a old grandfather who had been around a while and was trying to look out for the country. Um, so then, then that's one who comes to mind for any, me anyway. So here we have. <clears throat> we have a bottom of the barrel rating for Biden. People are fed up with him and they know how frustrating it is to try to get rid of him. Uh, I think, by the way, and I'm going to say this, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to tip off the Democrats. I, I think I already have. You know, the Democrats are out there slamming, slamming Joe uh, Manchin for uh, tanking their uh, uh, their their big build back better endless pocketbook theft from the American people. Uh, you know, Build Back Better was a huge tax steal. And Joe Manchin has thrown down uh, the gauntlet and said, I'm not going to support it. And so what do these fools in the Democrat Party do? Um, they start running him down. Well, if they had any sense, they would realize that Joe Manchin would be their most formidable political candidate for president in 2024. And I'll tell you why he would be. He obviously is a leader. He obviously has courage. He obviously is principled. He obviously does not have a big ego that he wears out there on his shoulder. Uh, he is a government uh, uh, employee, so to speak. He's from a state that really is reflective of his values, and he looks out for them. This guy has got some some real strengths now, and he would confuse a lot of the Republican conservatives uh, who were sort of towards the center. And what you might see if, of course, the Democrats are going to be too stupid to do it, because uh, they're over there busy trying to just uh, politically assassinate Manchin, um, when they should be thinking about how this guy just did something that could, if played properly, unite the country. You know, we have been divided ever since Obama, who hated America. Obama hates America. And he passed it along to the incompetents, and they all rallied around him and the liars and the thieves and all that uh, who got on board. And um, this would be a mansion. I, I can't think of any real close ties that Manchin has with Obama. So he's one that is really, and I'm just a, uh, you know, telling you how I see it. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a lover of the, uh, as you know, of the lying left progressive Democrat. But I know many Democrats who are just good people who vote Republican in the general election. And, and you know, this would be a, a problem. I mean, so um, now, meanwhile, um, they've, you know, slamming him for killing Biden's program. And so, 
they are digging a trench, I, in my humble estimation, even deeper for themselves. And this is beginning to come up in all kinds of places. Now, locally here in Alachua, we have a manifestation of this. Uh, there's a restaurant whose name I will not mention uh, that had a menu that had an entry on an entree on it uh, entitled Let's Go Brandon. Well, the woke people, the, uh, one of them, I, I'm pretty sure, still has to start. Uh, uh, I'm going to use a neutral pronoun so you don't know if it's a male or a female. Uh, higher, higher. One of them I know, the last time I checked, has to start higher pickup truck by blowing into a tube first uh, for alcoholism. Um, so you, you've got these type of people who make up the woke generation. And all you have to do is go out to Facebook and read their their logic. It's like it's like buckshot scattered everywhere or like clothes going by the window in a dryer. You don't know whether it's the socks next or the or the or the underwear, or what it's going to be. That's the way their mind works. Just whatever flies into it flies out of it. And they're all mad now that uh, they don't live here uh, in Alachua, but they're mad at this restaurant for having this entree uh, called Let's go, uh, Brandon. So they plan on doing whatever they do. They pick it. They, you know, we've had it happen to the Ward Scott Files. And indeed, some of our sponsors, you know, got scared. And I don't have any respect for them. Uh, but I got respect for this proprietor of this restaurant because this proprietor has basically said, bring it on. If you're going to act like that, you won't bring it on. Now, that's what it's going to take, my friends, to defeat the progressive left. You're not going to get anywhere acquiescing to them. And there's woefully few business people. Most of, of them are cowards. Uh, and yet they complain when their taxes go up and their utilities go up. And yet they, don't, they won't fight because they're afraid they'll, they'll, they'll some of them operate on such a mall small part, margin of profit anyway, there's some logic to what they're doing. But not this proprietor. This proprietor says, bring it on. And uh, so we'll see how that, that, that manifests itself. It's supposed to be a bring it on confrontation uh, at this restaurant in the very near future. So uh, we'll see how uh, it turns out. But that's the type of divisiveness we have in the country. And that's the type of divisiveness this stupid Democrat party is creating for itself by trying to um, on, uh, uh, clip uh, uh, Joe Manchin at the knees. I mean, uh, it, it's, it, it's not, they, they should be going back and taking his leadership and they may do it. They, they, they may have somebody in lurking in the halls of, of the Democrat party may have enough sense perhaps to, uh, to say, well, yeah, let, you know, in other words, look farther down the road than just this immediate battle over this absolutely exorbitant bill. I've got so much literature on this bill here um, that uh, uh, you know it would just it would just blow your mind how this uh, this left progressive left works. Um, the real cost of Biden's plan. This is out of the Wall Street Journal. I think I went over it for a while back. It's not it's not 1.75 trillion. Uh, it is probably more like. Five trillion, and they don't even know about that. Um, they want the Democrats want to make these entitlement programs permanent. Um, they have, have fiddled with the Senate budget rules. 
they've cheated. You know, they just, you know, they got nobody to stop them. So uh, they just change the rules when they need to. Um, they, um, they fiddle with them. Honesty doesn't even count for when they start doing their accounting. Um, uh, they have all these accounting tricks that they use. Um, they underestimate the cost of things and then put that down as if that's going to be the actual cost. Um, uh, they, 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 they have no problem subsidizing. Uh, you know, we experienced that here in the state of Florida with Medicaid. Um, Obama said, come on, you know, I'll help you with the federal government. I'll help you, Florida. If you adopt Medicaid, expand it, I'll help pay for it. And of course, what he really meant was I'll have to pay for it in the first year and then I'll pull it out and you guys are left holding the bag. That's, a, that's an old bait and switch trick. Um, basically, there are no rules for progressive radicals. And that's why you, you, you come up with this uh, a sweeping um, chant of F-bomb Joe Biden uh, appearing on menus and, and bumper uh, on cars and hats and T-shirts and um, hollered out at gatherings and People just break out in the chant because they can't stand this guy. They know, you know, they keep talking about the election <clears throat> uh, accountability. It doesn't, you know, that, that's not, it's much more pervasive than that. They just don't, progressive don't have rules. <clears throat> and then FDIC, for example, the Justice Department has been pressuring uh, banking, uh, the banking industry to restrict access to politically unpopular industries, um, and, and the principle of which is firearms uh, people. They have gone behind the scenes, uh, the uh, uh, Justice Department, and gone to put pressure on FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, to say, uh, yeah, you guys need to stop loaning money to certain companies that we don't think are politically uh, correct or appropriate. And one of them, of course, you might imagine, would be the firearm dealers. Um, that is something that they think is politically uh, usable when we know it doesn't have a damn thing to do with stopping the shootings of uh, people from uh, often their own people shooting them. Uh, but they have been working at this uh, for a while. Uh, they've been trying to coos behind the scenes on in, in the banking industry, and especially, and especially with the federal uh, uh, deposit uh, insurance company they've been they've been trying it. Uh, Harry is a is a piece of work that that two faced dog. Um, he has been carrying on a financial crusade against oil and gas, and um, he's been pressuring the banks and the financial institutions to reduce their commitments to U.S. oil and gas companies and join something called the Net Zero Banking Alliance Alliance. So. When you see Let's Go Brandon on a menu or on a bumper sticker, this is what's all behind it. You know, um, the, 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 just the absolute uh, rules don't account, don't count for these people. Um, uh, the Senate Banking Committee has sent a letter back to Kerry. Kerry's not even elected, an elected person. Um, he is a, a, a representative, among other things, to the World Petroleum Congress. Uh, representing, you know, dear old Joe, Uncle Joe. Part of Uncle Joe is what's called Climate Envoy. It's something called the Climate Envoy. I'll guarantee you that you never voted or probably you were never aware of until 
uh, the old warthog here, Professor Warthog, told you that there's such a thing as a climate envoy. And um, what it's trying to do uh, is intimidate financial institutions that support a free market, and particularly ones that uh, support fossil fuel industries. And so they want to set up boycotts of the financial services that these fossil fuel industries would use. Do you follow the insidious logic here? Uh, and so, uh, and then if the states themselves try to push back against this, then the federal government comes in and hollers, you know, you know, it, it's not your problem. It's we're the ones that uh, are calling the plays here, and uh, it's all under the guise of election, uh, climate uh, activism, climate change. Um, and they've even made, they've, they've gotten into Exxon. Now, listen to this, friends. Reuters has described this. Uh, uh, they've gotten into major stockholders uh, uh, choosing the directors based upon climate change. Now, we've seen this happen at the school board. We've seen uh, school board members uh, pressured to hire people based upon their stance on Black Lives Matter or critical race theory or diversity and inclusion, okay? So those are the criterion by which these uh, board members are being pressured to create programs, to uh, distribute money. Well, in the financial world, the Biden organization with Kerry and all these other climate envoy freaks are pressuring the board of directors uh, to choose only people who are on the side of climate change. Now, this is really going right to the, we faced, I'm on a board that faced the same thing recently. I'm not gonna mention the board, um, what it is, but we had somebody come in and try to corrupt the board by saying that the board needed more diversity and inclusion. I'm on another board where the first instance, it was a liberal white. On the second instance, it's a black who said, played the same card um, and wants, wants the boards to be influenced by those criteria. Um, the uh, teacher retirement system has been pressured to vote in, in uh, terms of climate lobbying that, that lines up with the Paris Agreement. Um, and the unions will buckle because they want the blessing of the federal money. So it's got nothing to do with teaching uh, effectively in the classroom. In fact, it's destroying effective teaching in the classroom. So what you have to understand when you see F-bomb uh, Joe Biden or let's go Brandon, that the Biden administration will has a nonstop war against many of the fundamental institutions of this country, among which, of course, is America's oil and gas producers. And he has insidious uh, ways of doing it by going at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, uh, by going after uh, some of the uh, teaching organizations, by going after corporate boards. And, and getting those boards to agree to select their directors based upon their stance on uh, 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 the, the uh, uh, 
climate change and, and all these other liberal agenda items. Um, we're going to take a break. I've learned that some of my guys take longer breaks. I probably need a longer break because I talk nonstop. So let's, let's give me a little bit more time this time, production, and uh, do our thing with our sponsors. And then come back and play both of those, if you would, please, uh, Brandon Deals. And um, we'll chat while we're off the air, okay? This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Series starts his first career win. Didn't look too rusty on those burnouts, Brandon. Must be practicing somewhere. Yeah, I mean, y'all could ask like my neighbors back at Coastal Carolina that uh, I did plenty of burnouts uh, to practice for this moment. <laughs> um, oh my God, this is a dream come true! Wow, Talladega winner in the NASCAR. Oh my God, Dad, we did it! Let's go! You told me before this race that if you were to win, it would be incredible. How does the reality of this moment live up to the dream? Oh my God, this is just everything we've hoped and dreamed for. This is uh, everything I've ever wanted to do is take the trophy home to mom and dad. And oh my God, thank you so much. Larry's Lemonade, thank you so much. Trade the Chain, thank you so much. Jabs Construction, thank you Mid-Atlantic. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one and everything shifted top to bottom so much that it was kind of like okay let's just stay patient where we're at and hope for the best and we uh we saw our moment and we we seized it so god i'm just so proud of brandonville motorsports i'm so proud of everybody on our team here at home everybody that's worked on our team since the beginning we did it we did it we did it yes you did we did it brandon brown a winner now in the xfinity series junior out of the state legislature this is this is it well, you know, one of the funny things here is um, uh, while we're on a break, I was just reading over the actual um, things that um, Pelosi's saying here. And, uh, I, you know, this is this is one of the, the biggest gobbledygooks that I'm reading in, in hard copy here. Um, this is all about roadway safety. 
And these fools are actually saying that if you'll sign off on this bill, um, we'll cut down on traffic fatalities by 2024. I, I'm going to tell you, friends, that ain't going to happen. I mean, uh, <laughs> more and more people, more and more people, more and more cars. You know, it, you know, come on. I mean, and that, they, they're crazy enough to no one of that guy is chanting, hollering out, let's go, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, you know, they're going <laughs> to, I mean, it, it's just nuts. I'm looking at the hard copy of what she's talking about there. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, meanwhile, I just want to close out this Brandon section. The actual driver himself, Brandon Brown, he, he, he hates the phrase because of, <laughs> it drags him into politics. And he said he just wants to be a race car driver. And he doesn't want to have political infamy. And here he is. It was an NBC sports writer. I knew it was one of the major, I knew it was one of the major outlets. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was either CBS or ABC. It was NBC. And uh, uh, she claims she misheard the crowd chants. Now, come on, mama didn't raise no fool, right? So anyway, the poor guy, Brandon uh, Brown, he, um, he, he, uh, he he didn't either he didn't he either didn't hear the chant or he didn't realize what it was, and he didn't even know what the deal was until he clicked on his Twitter account, and um, uh, initially uh, um, thought it was kind of funny, but then has decided since then that it's jeopardizing his ability to make money. <laughs> oh man, I got to tell you one other funny thing locally here. You remember. That we covered, and that, you know, this is a family show, but I, I, I still need to. Co Stephen Yender Long was uh, stopped one time for, um, you know, drug possession, and in his pants they found some cocaine. As I remember the story, and um, he claimed that that was these the pants he had on were not his pants, and that all became a kind of joke locally. It didn't rise to the level, of course. Uh, let's go, Brandon. But it was, these are not my pants. And, you know, we would, we would joke about that. Well, this Stephen Yen Long has been topped now by another Florida guy who has denied ownership of baggies containing cocaine and metamphetamine. I can't even say the word. Um, bags of the stuff that were, <clears throat> the family show here, uh, wrapped around his penis. Um God knows how the cops found that. I mean, it, you know, I, <laughs> but anyway, uh, this kid, uh, this guy was a passenger, 34 years old, was a passenger in a vehicle stopped around 4 a.m. for traveling without headlights or taillights down in Clearwater. And the driver, Darius Owens, who was 27, was arrested on a DUI and, and a marijuana possession charge. And a search of the vehicle, now this is where it really always gets uh, interesting. A search of the vehicle turned up a handgun under the driver's, uh, under the passenger's seat. And so he was arrested because he has a pair of felony weapons charges. Um, he uh, denied, <laughs> he denied ownership of the 38 Special. And his rap sheet, however, uh, shows that he's had Dozens of dozens for you law enforcement enthusiasts. This is always telling. Um, he's had dozens of felony convictions, which have barred him from possessing firearms and ammunition. But 
the, the, the capstone to all this is that during a search of uh, this Patrick Florence, a deputy discovered, boy, I tell you, it must have really shocked him. And I'm, I'm assuming it was a male deputy. Doesn't seem to say which was the case in this article, but uh, a deputy discovered two plastic baggies, quote, unquote, wrapped around his penis. Um, one baggie contained cocaine powder and cocaine base, and the other had a crystal substance police uh, uh, identified as a um, as meth. So uh, uh, he <laughs> when he was questioned uh, by the cops, he stated, "Quote: The package wrapped that wrapped around his penis was not his." Now I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy has multiple cocaine convictions. He did not identify who, I think this is funny, he did not identify who, who wrapped the cocaine around his penis. <laughs> oh, boy. There you go. I had to throw in some humor. I had to throw in some humor. Oh, my God. It's, it gets better every day. I mean, I, I, I fell out when I read that. The real, the real question here is if it's not, if it's not your cocaine around your penis, then whose cocaine is it, and who put it there? Oh God! Oh man, alive! Um, uh, uh, listen, uh, it, it, it takes me over to Jesse, Jesse Smollett. Now, you remember the character who created the the, the bogus story about himself? Well, it's, the plot is thickened on that, in case you don't know. Um, there, there has always been a suspicion uh, of political interference um, because if you, let me take you, harken you back to this. This is in Chicago, okay? This is in Chicago, and there is a woman named Tina Shen, who is a former aide to First Lady Michelle Obama. And if you recall this, she reached out to the prosecution on behalf of the Smollett family, family, and uh, Judge Michael Tuman ordered a special prosecutor to inter intervene, both to take up the Smollett case and to investigate Fox and their subordinates at the Cook County State Attorney's Office. Well, there's been a full report of Fox. And she is about as crooked as a dog's hind leg. Um, she's made false statements that Smollett had no prior criminal record. Uh, when the uh, report shows that he had a prior misdemeanor conviction in California for DUI and driving without a license and giving false information to the cops. He was placed on 24 months of probation. Uh, she never revealed that. She knew that. Um, the full 60-page report also says that she made false statements about Smollett's record um, because his prior conviction uh, was related to, uh, on, based on false, he made false statements to the cops before, and he was making false statements to the cops again, and therefore his prior convictions were relevant to the current incident. So, um, it's really got, and Fox, by the way, has been financed by George Soros. So uh, uh, 
Furthermore, Fox dropped charges, if you recall this, against Smollett, even though it found that she had lied about when she stopped talking to Smollett's family. She even received updates about the case after she had recused, uh, 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 after she had recused herself from it. So th that, 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 that's Chicago. <clears throat> that's Chicago. I, I am telling you what, you talk, you talk about a mess. You talk about a mess. Um, you have got it in Chicago. Hey, there is some light at the end of the tunnel, my friends. Um, there is some light, perhaps, at the end of the tunnel. <clears throat> a question I'm asked not infrequently, because people seem to think I have all this inside information about everything, <clears throat> is will they ever catch Hillary Clinton? Now, we know that the Clintons are some of the most slippery people to get a hold of that you can imagine. <clears throat> we saw uh, President Clinton weasel out of the deal with the woman, but that's really rather minor league compared to a lot of the Whitewater scandal out in Arkansas. Um, these two people were a team that they were devoted absolutely ruthlessly to getting ahead at any cost. And um, now President Clinton, Bill Clinton had actual talent. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's got a pretty high IQ. Um, he's personable, he's charming. Um, he uh, is of the right kind of physical stature. He's kind of a big man. He presents, he takes up the air in the room when he comes in, but she's not anything like that. She is really somebody that uh, is uh, always, always uh, over her head. Um, she's not in over her head as bad as Kamala Harris, who is the worst I've ever seen. But she certainly is a role model for Kamala Harris. And in my humble opinion, I am never, ever, ever wrong. OK, so John Durham, who is a special counsel, has now filed, and I got this excited email yesterday from somebody, some of you out there love to listen to when I had him on the show, and that was Ramsey Samurai. And Ramsey said, hey, buddy, it's happening. We got an investigation on Hillary. That's a special counsel, John Durham, is uh, going to look at the involvement of Hillary Clinton <clears throat> And uh, her specifically as the source of all of the shenanigans that went on with the steel dossiers, Fusion GPS, uh, you know, all the false narratives, which have led really, if you think about it, to the January 6th so-called insurrection. <clears throat> People got so fed up with rampant law breaking, but I've already established in this show today that law breaking to the progressive left doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. I mean, that's the way they do it. I mean, the laws exist for them to break if they have to. And in the Senate, in the House, uh, um, in elections, it doesn't matter, really. So um, the Clinton campaign, the Fusion GPS, uh, it looks, and we know this, 
in the streets anyway, uh, the Clinton campaign was informing Fusion GPS of what they were looking for from them that they could then use to blame on Trump. Because, you know, quite frankly, uh, that's the way they have always conducted themselves. You trace them back and uh, particular, particularly her. So uh, uh, they're going to have a grand jury in this deal, probably. Uh, they're going to have witnesses subpoenaed. Uh, it's going to pursue um, uh, uh, the uh, uh, use of the FBI in this deal. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe we'll get Comey. Uh, Frankenstein, I call him Frankenstein. He looks like Frankenstein. Um, you know, that whole crowd of liars. And um, um, so what's going on here is a, uh, a um, subject uh, before the special counsel that Hillary Clam uh, Clinton campaign, its employees, and of course, Hillary Clinton, her own self. Now, I'm not a believer that this will happen. Don't get me wrong. Ramsey contacted me excitedly and um, thinks it, it will. It is the beginning of the wheels finally beginning to come off. But um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it, there's so much cover-up, so much misinformation, uh, so much lying that goes on. Um, I just, I just can't, I can't really believe it's going to happen. Checking my comments here. You can always reach me on the Melton Law Hotline, 352-325-3938. And um, somebody here, Jim Murphy, is complaining that apparently he got screwed by the GRU people. Um, I can give you a hundred stories about that, Jim. <clears throat> um there's very little recourse you have with GRU. They're too big a bureaucracy. Um, you know, they you, you can't you can't get to them that easily. You just have to bite the bullet. It's been my experience with them. Fortunately, I'm not on them. I'm on Play Electric here in the compound. I want to close out with something, and I'm still researching. I'm always researching it. And it is what is the truth about COVID? Okay. <clears throat> and there's all, you know, it's been politicized and um, I don't know. You know, it's got now another wave. And what is the truth about COVID? Well, Philip Magnus and Peter Earle wrote, wrote a real good investigation for the Wall Street Journal about uh, COVID. And they entitled their investigation, The Fickle Science of Lockdowns. And <clears throat> that intrigued me. The fickle science of lockdowns. So here's what I've learned, which I'll share with my students today. And um, you um, um, put it in your pipe and smoke it, as we used to say, and come to your own conclusions. But according to Magnus and Earl, uh, before March 2020, okay, which is when the COVID-19 pandemic began, March 2020, all right? Uh, <clears throat> the scientific community, including the World Health Organization, 
strongly opposed lockdowns against infectious disease. And their judgment had come from historical analysis of pandemics and following society-wide restrictions and socioeconomic costs and concluded that almost all of that was based upon speculative benefits and you shouldn't go down the lockdown road, okay? Um, they called attention to the paucity of data to support lockdowns. There's nothing available that would scientifically suggest lockdowns are effective. And they went back and studied the pandemic influenza um, and I studied that. Um, there was very little evidence that locking down in the flu pandemic made any difference. Um, uh, and particularly, there's no obvious rationale for measuring the effectiveness of a lockdown. Now, in September 2019, John Hopkins University Center for Health Security had reached a similar conclusion um, that uh, isolation and lockdown was not beneficial, in, ineffective, impractical. Um, <clears throat> You know, nobody was going along with it. And uh, the only way a quarantine can work, according to the medical historian John Barry, is if the quarantine is absolutely rigid and complete. And as I said with you very early on, the only time I've ever seen a rigid and complete absolute quarantine is with tuberculosis. They actually put you away and you stayed there till you either were cured or you died. But you didn't come out to warn, you know, till you were cured. It's the way the natives in Africa treat HIV, treat Ebola people. <coughs> people with Ebola in Africa are isolated in a hut. Food is passed to them underneath a, on a stick underneath the hut door. Um, they stay in there until they either survive Ebola or they die. And if they die, then they burn the hut and the inhabitant down. And that's the way they stop Ebola. So that's kind of, the, you know, in other words, they go into, and they don't have the benefit of John Hopkins and all these. This is their wisdom. They go into um, an absolute rigid and complete isolation, which is not possible, according to the people doing this study, with COVID. Um, you can't even do it on military bases. A military base cannot successfully quarantine people in wartime, and it's highly unlikely that a civilian community can be quarantined during peacetime. And so the John Hopkins team had reached the same conclusion in 2006. This is before COVID. And they rejected, the scientists concluded that uh, quarantine would work because the modeling approach relied too heavily on the scientists' own assumptions. So mainstream epidemiology never 
suggested extreme lockdowns. For one thing, they don't work. And for number two, they're impractical and you can't do them. I thought this was interesting. I thought I'd share it with my students. So the epidemiology models that suggested you could or should lock down were highly speculative and totally untested, okay? The computer simulation models were totally off base. By the way, we're using com computer simulation models for climate change. And don't you think those computer simulation models are based on false assumptions? You better believe they are. Because you have the interference, say after me, in the climate change simulation models, the same interference you have in the COVID simulation models, it's called political interference, okay? So the national provider identifier um, is, um, said it would be a catastrophe to, to control, uh, thinking you control through cancellations, school business closures, lockdowns, never you can't do it <clears throat> so i just thought this was very every time I'm, I'm, you know i've been looking at covid forever <clears throat> to find out what is really uh, <clears throat> interesting about it um and the predictions of the people who had these dire consequences in mind um uh, there was there, there was one outfit that predicted that the mad cow disease in 2001 which you may recall, would kill up to 36,000 people. Uh, the actual death toll for the mad cow disease was 178. Huh? Huh? <clears throat> huh? Now, this is a classroom, and I'm a professor, and you are students. So you take it and you study it. Okay? <clears throat> so... There's no discernible pattern between lockdowns and stymieing COVID-19. What caused this to be proliferated as gospel are the social and political purposes by the political leaders. Huh? And Mr. Magnus is director of research and Mr. Earl. Uh, research faculty member at the American Institute for Economic Research. Um, they saw that this COVID strategy would fail, but the authorities embraced it anyway. Oh, boy. Does that surprise you? Well, thanks to Productions for um, helping out again today as usual. And um, I guess you can go out and holler, let's go, Brandon, and everybody will know what you want to talk about. So uh, we'll catch you on the on the when the sun comes around again. Warthog Command Center out.